This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey. Crack open a LaCroix Please put your hands together And make a little noise For your favorite wildcatters The handsome Bosco boys The boys are back And it is, I Bosco's think, one of this release It's going to be the first episode Hello, In July 2021 But June was the first hot month In recruiting, meaning kids could take visits So I thought, who would be better To come on then my man, Drew Galloway. Drew, how are you doing? I think this officially makes you a recurring guest because you've been on a couple of our live shows. How are you doing today, my friend? Uh, pretty good. How about you? You know, I'm doing all right. Um, I, I think I had this like as a disclosure in the uh, outline a little bit later, but we are recording this on June 30th. A lot can change in the world of recruiting. Um, we're not going to worry about that for now. I'm just uh, enjoying that I cut off work a little bit early to talk to you on a Zoom. Um, here, here's my question for you, because I, I can't remember where things were when you first came on a live show. This is your first, quote unquote, media hit as a paid journalist covering recruiting. Yeah, this is my first time technically being an insider. I talked to DY about this earlier, and I said that I wouldn't consider myself an insider, but like, we're, we're getting there. I, I, I think you are, and I, I think you have a great eye for it. Did D.Y. give you any tips? Because I think he's been on the show like 20 times. Oh, yeah. He gave me a lot of tips. He told me to be really relaxed. So did all my friends. Well, you, you definitely should not uh, not be relaxed. Again, this is, this is about as low-key as things go. We like to have a good time, and you're a friend of the show, and you're a Topeka cat, so I, I don't think that uh, – I think this is basically your home base. Are you recording this from Topeka? Yeah, um, all of this month I've gone back and forth between Manhattan for the camps and then Topeka. So I'd be home for like four or five days, go to Manhattan all weekend, go to camps, go out in Aggieville, come back home and do the same thing every weekend. So like, it's been a blast. This whole month was a blur. Well, that's awesome. We're going to get into it in a bit. But so we're recording this uh, as this quote unquote drama is at its peak. I'm hoping by the time uh, people are listening to this, it is uh, water under the bridge because it's been an exhausting day on the Twitter, on the message boards. But just give me your take on the uh, infamous uh, TikTok video for anyone who isn't on Twitter, isn't, well, I'm not even on TikTok, but anyone who's not on the social media, 
on the message boards, hasn't seen it. Basically, it's a video of uh, Mr. Porter. I think Jake Rubley's in there. I think RJ Garcia's in there, Devin we uh, Weathers, handful of freshmen dancing and semi lip singing to Justin Bieber's baby. And then got picked up by the main Barstool account where they kind of were trashing on the kids. And then it just created a lot of drama amongst the sports world on Twitter. So just kind of give me your take on all of it and then we'll move past it because hopefully by then, by right now, when folks are listening, it's uh, kind of an old uh, story, but I want to get your take on it nonetheless. I mean, my take on it is that it's 18 year old kids having a fun dancing and trying to create a brand for themselves. I mean, Shane Porter has a brand for himself right now. He's just since that video has been posted and released, he's gained almost 5,000 followers and he, he could be making $900 per TikTok video. It's like, I don't see why there's anything wrong with it. And the only thing that I think that needs to change is that next time they need to inform Rubley a little bit more about like the lyrics of the song because he was about two beats behind the entire video. Yeah, no, that, that, that is funny. And again, the, the kid, I, I believe if I was hearing this correctly, he was doing stuff for K-State doing like campus tours on TikTok. I, I mean, he's, he's like a semi-star before this even happened. So the fact that just now people are starting to get all worked up is just beyond me and just crazy to me. Yeah, he's a recurring TikTok K-State like official account star. And he almost has a million TikTok followers. So like, this is stuff that he does all the time. And I don't know why this one blew up. It had to be because they're in the uniform. But like, give me a break. But you even act, on, like, his, on his page uh, though, like that, this isn't even one of his most viewed ones. It, it blew up because it like came over to t Twitter and there's all these haters. It, it's just wild to me that so many folks are deciding to hate on an 18 year old kid, just having fun with his teammates. Oh yeah, it's, it's dumb. If you look at the comments, they, they did what they wanted to do. Yes, yes. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. I'm sure that was touched on in the live show that is actually being recorded tomorrow, but everyone would have already listened. We're, we're doing things a little out of order since it's a holiday weekend. Um, before we get into everything, I, I just want to ask you, like, what is it like officially being a paid recruiting uh, reporter, insider, whatever uh, title you feel okay doing I mean what was the journey like I mean you've always been a K-State football fan what's the journey like you know actually seeing a dollar or two pop into the bank account doing what you love to do oh it's been insane this last month if you asked me like a year from now what I would be doing there's a zero percent chance that I'd be that I'd say that I'd be getting paid for this so it all started like high school at Washington Rural got to give them a shout out shout uh, out to I was junior blues baby I was part of the newspaper for, I think, three years, and I covered basketball, football, volleyball. I think I did some golf and track in there, too, and it was the sports editor and online editor for a little bit, and then came to K-State, and then I was in the JMC program, and I've been a part of the Collegian on and off for two, two and a half years, and then COVID hits last March obviously and we're at home and there was nothing to do and I was really bored and I got really into football recruiting and started going through and like watching highlights and I think K-State had like five six guys committed at that point and I just threw out a DM I was like hey 
can I do an interview with you? I'll break down all your film, get it up. It'll be posted like it's free advertising basically for them and did that. I got some 2022 Kansas kids to um, respond to my DM and did the same thing for them. I was one of the first ones to write about Jaron Canick actually. Oh, look at you. You have an eye for the talent, my man. Uh, and then from there, this is where it gets kind of funny because I slid into Derek's DMs and asked him if he could read. I think, it was, I, think I was writing about RJ Garcia and asked if he could read about that and get back to me and say, hey, like, I like how you did this, 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 whatever. And of course, DY responds and he said that he would. And then in a big twist, he didn't actually read it until like maybe a month and a half later after I emailed him, after I DM'd him and asked if they were looking for like an internship. And he gets back to me about a month and a half later and says that he still hadn't read it, but he was going to the next day and then asked if I was still looking for an internship at that time, internships for few and far between in August. And I said, yeah. So they take me on as an intern. My first few assignments was uh, actually watching all the games over again, charting snaps and saying like, hey, Skyler played this many and all that kind of good stuff. And then from there, I got a little bit more freedom to do recruiting articles. And then from there, it moved to, that's about all I do now. And then from there, went from internship to getting paid. Well, that's awesome. I, I think it's a uh, little beacon. You, you should have a star in whatever the Washington World journalist world or room is, just like a little star paid sports reporter. I think it's awesome. I've enjoyed watching your journey. Um, we're going to get into the bread and butter that is recruiting. But before we do, I think everyone listening should be cool like Drew download Spotify Green Room. We're going live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. It is the only free sports talk platform for anyone to talk to shows like us, journalists, and other fans. Keep an eye on my Twitter account, at Scott Wildcat, and the show account, at Bosco's Boys, for the link uh, to join us every single Thursday to talk about the Cats at 7 p.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone, as I like to call it. Also, Kansas City Steak Company wants to make this the best grilling season ever. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 15% off your entire order and free shipping using promo code SD, SD for sports drink at checkout from, for classic steak cuts, USD Prime, and fine, or hard-to-find specialty cuts and more. Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. I am cooking up a Kansas City Strip and some hot dogs on this July 4th, which I guess would have been yesterday for everyone listening to this on the 5th. They are flash frozen and delivered directly. So you get the freshest steaks possible and you get money back guarantee. Enjoy their butter tender filet mignons, their hearty Kansas City strips, the ribeyes, or like I said, those amazing all beef Angus hot dogs. Bring the steakhouse to your house with KansasCitySteaks.com, promo code SD for 15% off and free shipping. All right, let's get to the reason for the season. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, we are recording this on June 30th. 
for better or worse, anything can happen in the next five days in the world of recruiting, but we're just going to get into it. Um, my first question to you is, I think we all were like expecting in the month of June, a big boom of commitments. And, uh, you know, this past year, I think it was this past June, maybe the June before we had nine guys commit to the cats during the month of June. We're up at the 30th and we had to wait until the 20th before we got any, but we picked up four. Are you surprised they didn't come faster? Are you surprised there weren't more than four guys or did it end up playing out how you thought it was going to? I think we all expected a big boom in commitments, like you said. And I think that I was kind of part of that hype train, but then the more like you thought about it and you remembered that half of these kids haven't been on a campus anywhere yet. It was kind of, it kind of played out how I, how I ended up expecting it after about the first couple days. And I was like, there aren't just any commitments around the country. I think this month had about 200 fewer commitments than normal at a power five level. And when you think about it and really dive into like why, I guess we shouldn't be that surprised and we shouldn't have been hyping it up as a huge month. It was still an unprecedented month that will never, likely never happen again. But I think that we probably should have tampered expectations a little bit and gone with what I initially said was uh, I had the over-under for commitments in June at five and a half is what I think I put on the board. And it ended up likely being four. And I think that's probably what we should have expected instead of going for it all and actually filling up most of the class in June. No, I, I, I totally get that. And I, I think I was probably prisoner of the moment just as much as you were. I think I was, you know, hyping stuff up. But even when you look at the Big 12, it's not like a ton of folks got a ton of commitment. So um, like you said, it wasn't just a Kansas State issue. It was all no, across no. the board. Um, let's get into it. Before, before we get into any of the four guys who did commit, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think all of them ended up being camp offer guys uh, that the staff got to see firsthand. Is that correct? Yes, all of them got to uh, be a part of a camp. Uh, Osunsami is kind of up there, if you want to call it a camp, because he got a private workout. But the other ones were all camp offers, and they saw Braden Lofton twice. Well, as someone who likes how the staff identifies talent, that's what kind of got me uh, on board with a lot of these because none of them are really sexy guys. And we might touch on that here in a bit. But for someone like you who loves, uh, you know, seeing these guys and and I, you know, if I had a dollar for every time you were DMing me over the last few years talking about guys tapes and tape all that I think I'd have at least 20 bucks. I, I don't know, maybe even more, but how fun was it for you to be there in person for some of these camps and kind of see what the coaches were saying, maybe not quite as close as them, but you know, in the stadium, in, in the arena, being able to see these guys compete. It was really fun getting to see them compete. And we got to see a lot of dudes that I think could be on the radar in the next few years and not just these four, because like Toby was there Uh, on June 20th but he like barely participated in the camp because he decided to commit and then left so 
we didn't really get to see him and we didn't get to see him at the sharp combine either so i'm really excited and i hope that we get to go watch him in wichita this fall but stanger stood out among the linebackers he was at the same camp that uh silas Eder and asa newsome were at and stanger looked really good he can move a lot so like it was really fun to be able to watch everybody at once and it but what's hard is that there's hundreds of kids at these things and we don't have a roster so it's it gets kind of hard in that same sense yeah so I touched on it. I have a lot of confidence in these coaches and when it comes to them identifying talent, I think they have a good track record. And I think that they have an, an even better camp or track record when it comes to some of these camp settings. Um, is there something that they're doing that maybe they're seeing and identifying talent that other schools might not during these camp settings? Do you just think, hey, they have a great eye for talent? I think they just have a really good eye for talent. Um, even when they didn't have camps they've seen kids that have blown up like a cj stroud from two cycles ago or a gunner helm even from last cycle who was a low three-star when k-state offered and was getting in on him and then he ended up blowing up and becoming a four-star and going to texas so they i think they just have a naturally good eye and i think it's because they have they have tons of connections everywhere if you haven't noticed by all the nfl players that have been in manhattan recently yeah, and that has been fun seeing some of the guys come in. Um, so here's my question, because you've seen it on the message boards, you've seen it on Twitter. Um, does the fact that most of these guys outside of Toby not having a Power 5 offer outside of K-State, does that bug you at all? Or do you think, hey, because they are so good at identifying some of these guys, um, it isn't anything to worry. If they see them work out and they're worth – offering it's you know a good offer i give them the benefit of the doubt because of when they had camp settings almost every single guy that they've offered or that they offered at a camp outside of malachi mitchell that they landed is tracking to be a contributor in the future so i give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt even though again they're it's nothing is like sexy about their offer sheets but i think that a couple of them if they didn't commit so early would have more power five offers but i think we'll dive into that a little bit later yeah we definitely will and uh th this isn't on the this isn't on the the sheet but i i just want if, if you have it and sorry for going rogue here what is like the funniest or best thing or what just a notable thing that you recall from getting able or being able to go to some of these camps is there like a good story or something that really stuck out to you that we might not be able to get to in the course of the rest of this show? Uh, one thing that stood out to me uh, throughout the entire camp process and going to all of these was that Connor Riley, after every single rep, will tell a kid what he did well and what he didn't do well. And I think that that is something that needs to be highlighted more and that he is there to coach all, the, all of the kids up not just the kids that are going to get power five offers or a K-State offer. He is there to help every single kid. And that that's what stood out to me. Uh, also another Connor Riley story that I thought was hilarious was that there was an offensive lineman getting ready to go for a rep and his stance was bad. And uh, Riley gets him up. Riley gets down at a stance and looks at the kid and goes, all right, Serio, eyes, eyes down, ass up. 
that's how we're going to do this. And that, that cracked me up. I love it. Also, did you see the picture of Connor Riley with, uh, uh, Dalton Reisner and his three tins of shoe in his pocket? Oh yeah. That... Go, is he going through all that in one day or do you think he just stopped at the you know, gas station on his way into the facility? God, I hope that was just a gas station stop. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I hope it's not three. So let's get into the four commits that we had um, during this time frame. Uh, this guy's still only a two-star at Rivals. You're with K-State Online and Rivals, but I'm going to cherry pick whenever I can because 247 already has him as a high three-star rated as the second best player in the state of Kansas, and that's Toby O., going to call him that because I have no idea how to pronounce his last name but what do you like about Mr. Tobio and uh, I assume you're higher on him than that two-star ranking he currently holds with rivals. yeah I love Toby um, I think just based on measurables and how well he runs he should be the highest commit in the class and in that five six five seven range even um, we've kind of talked about how there isn't much of a difference between him and Jaron Gannick Except one ran a 10-3 and one hasn't. But well, the, I but think even it, Toby, I mean, like, I think his state times, he was like a 10-7 or 10-8. Yeah, ten, Toby is a 10-8 guy easily. And, and Jared, and the 10-3 the was win eight. I'm not taking anything away from him because I think his state time is 10-5. So mm-hmm. he's he is faster, but I think Toby has some pounds on him and an inch, right? Yeah, he has he's definitely gonna have some size on him. He he's a huge kid. And I'm really excited about his future. And I think he should probably be the highest rated commit right now. Okay. So what, what do you like about his game? Is there anything besides the athleticism? And is there anything that gives you pause about him? Cause I, I don't want to be full Kool-Aid drinking on the show uh, because you and I have gone back and forth. I've had my frustrations with recruiting as well, but I do want you to kind of give me, all right, what are the pluses on Toby and what are the minuses on him that you, you'd want him to see work on before he's on the field for K-State? Big plus is athleticism. He's an explosive run and jump athlete. He has great size too. His biggest weakness is probably that he's really raw He's going to need to learn the mental side of the game too. But I mean, I don't think that's that big of a deal right now because he's not going to be asked to play right away at a position like linebacker. And I think he could, after his red shirt season, I think he could fit, turn into a contributor, at least on special teams at a minimum. All right. So there's been the rumors of moving to the three, three, five, do you see him playing that traditional linebacker role or do you think he fits in the defensive end hybrid or the safety hybrid? Uh, it, I think it depends on where his body goes because I think that he could get up to 245 pounds and keep that athleticism and maybe play in the middle. But if they want to, he could easily be that hybrid linebacker safety as well. Perfect. All right. The next guy we're going to go to, and if you want to talk about like athleticism and testing, Braden Lofton is the guy, tall athlete. He's a tight end out of Iowa. Great testing numbers. Like I said, very bouncy as well. What do you like about that commit? He's a three-star guy that uh, can't, um, he played mainly wide receiver. If, if I looked at his film correctly as a junior, you think that hurt him when it came to, uh, getting offers as a tight end or do you think it was just like a hey COVID year um, 
things are getting a little wacky. Uh, I think it hurt him a little bit, but he was behind the number one tight end in the country last year in Thomas Fedoni. So that, that would always going to hurt him a little bit. And he went to the Florida state camp, got some G five offers. Then he goes to the K state camp and lit it up there. K state offers and he committed. And like, I really like Braden Lofton. I like his potential. He is kind of Will Swanson-esque, I'd say, because Will Swanson was another guy that was really athletic and got offers based off of uh, how athletic and his testing numbers were. And he was another camp offer at tight end. It's like, I I could see him being a big contributor in a few years. Uh, But the number one reason that I think teams have kind of held off is that he's 6'5 and 207 pounds. So it's, do you you take that risk of him adding the 40 pounds and does that athleticism stay? Does it not stay? And K-State thought that the athleticism is going to stay. And I I really like his game and think that he will be a big time pass catching threat. All right. So is it just, hey, can he bulk up enough? Is that all he needs to work on? Uh, to be a piece in Coach Messingham, Messingham's offense, or offense, like if he got like 20, 30 pounds of muscle between now and him showing up, do you think he's ready to roll? Or is there anything else he needs to kind of focus on over the next eight or 12 to 18 months? He could be a little bit more physical, especially blocking wise. But that's another thing that I think would come with size. And he has all the tools that you want from a pass catching tight end. It's going to turn into, can he be the guy blocks as well because that's an important part of the offense as well yeah all right so the the next one and this was a guy who again I think this is kind of proof um well and I think actually both uh because Braden Lofton was un uh unranked when they offered and got the commitment I think Gage Stanger is the exact same way so again just kind of putting out proof that they, they're able to identify these guys uh, even before rivals does and, and their rating does back it up but He's a quarterback uh, out of Nebraska who this staff is planning on turning into a linebacker. Do you see that as a fruitful move or uh, yeah, fruitful move? And where do you stand on him as a prospect? I know you mentioned him a little bit earlier on the show. So this was, this is a guy you like. Yeah, this, I really like him. I mean, he has the exact same measurables as Jabril Cox. So you can see exactly who they're going for right away. He's, he's played a little bit of defense. or uh, last year I think he had like 51 tackles but he's gonna need to learn the mental side of playing defense more and he's gonna need to get a little bit bigger I think I posted as soon as it was rumored that he was going to commit that he is almost the exact same size as Elijah Sullivan was when Elijah was coming out of high school and the only real difference is that Elijah was gonna play or played defense in high school all the way through but you can see what they're trying to do with him. And I think that that is like what makes this a really good take for me is that you could, you already have confidence in them. They turned Jabril Cox and to a guy that ended up transferring to LSU and having a great year there. So I have faith in them getting to see him in person and then getting the commitment. And I don't think Stanger will go anywhere. I mean, Nebraska really liked him as well, but Nebraska was just full at linebacker. All right, so the, the final one in June was Drake Bequeath is what I'm going with. You might have a better pronunciation, but that's what I'm going with. Uh, he's that 
prototypical Connor Riley tackle. He's long, he's athletic. The staff loves him. I think D.Y. was saying he could pro- he could play inside as well if they needed to him. But in my head, I have him as a tackle. Grew up in Overland Park, but now he's a team captain. He's an all-district guy, all-state lineman down in Texas at Grapevine High School. Not rated currently on Rivals. Where do you think he's going to end up uh, being rated, ranked, whatever you want to call it? And then give me any, you know, pluses and minuses when you see his game and uh, what, what you think about this pickup. I think he ends up being like in that five, 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 six range. He's a big guy that can really move. Uh, watching his tape kind of reminded me of Whit Mitchum from a couple cycles ago. And the, they are almost the exact same size too. But what kind of stuck out to me more is that he needs to get a little bit, or he needs to get a lot bit bigger, but he looks tiny. Like he looks like he could put on 60 pounds and be 310 pounds, 320 pounds if they really wanted to and still keep that athleticism. He can really run, finish his run blocks really well, just needs to get bigger. And that's, that's kind of the same thing about all of these guys is that they just need to get bigger, but you can see what they want to do. And he was really impressive. He was actually at the camp, I believe, the same day that John Pastore was. And John Pastore was a monster that day. So uh, do, you, do you think he would have been the second best performer that day behind John then? Oh, yeah. On the offensive line, 100%. That, I'm trying to remember who else was there that day. But he was definitely the second best offensive lineman for sure. Definitely. And then his twin brother is coming in as a preferred walk-on. Um, it is kind of wild to see them. They're twins. And Drake is way, way, way different size. Like, they, they are <laughs> yeah. not. They're, they're not, not the same size at all. Yeah. Like, Dylan is a few inches shorter. And then, like, if you want to talk about small, like, I think 30 pounds uh, lighter. And he was bouncing around between guard, fullback, and linebacker for them in high school. And all I'm going to say is if, if Jack Stanine, the Seawolf, can be playing fullback at 5'10", 255, I want to see what I want to see what Dylan Bequeath can do maybe at fullback, you know? I mean, I, I think if, if I was advising him, I'd say, hey, when you get to town, try to become a fullback because, you know, there's going to be there's going to be snaps there to be had eventually. So that would oh, be I, my I advice. I feel right. the same way, especially with uh, Mason Barta about to depart pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be Jax and Dylan. Yeah, so I, I, I'm going to have to come up with some sort of uh, submarine nickname for Dylan to keep that going. And then everyone online is going to hate it. That's okay. All right. Uh, so those are the four commits we have. Um, who are some guys you're going to keep an eye on that maybe might even pop in between us recording this and it publishing or uh, throughout the month of July? Who do you think some guys that folks should keep an eye on? Uh, I'd keep an eye on Shaquan Bowser. Um, I think I believe Flando is the one that talked to him a couple days ago. And we don't know you, when. Also, I'm just going to say this. If, if anyone listening isn't a member over at KSO, you should because I'm not going to give it away because it also is kind of like an eye rolly uh, message board topic. But there's some pretty insightful stuff into how uh, he's being recruited in some of the recruiting pitches. So that's my plug for KSO. You got everyone should be over there because you're missing some good stuff. Uh, but and tell I didn't your mean friends. To, yes, and tell you you can drop and tell your friends again later. But 
Bowser, that was a great art. Maybe the bet one of the best articles Flando's ever written. Uh, I said it's I said it's the best one that anybody's written since uh, I took over. He had a lot of great insight. And then he also uh, who did it was one of the Eudora kids. Didn't he also get oh, yeah, some J- good quotes from Jaden Ham had really good quotes of yes. them too. Uh, but Bowser's one that could maybe pop in between now and July 5th or just in the month of July. Uh, I'd look out for uh, Charles Nimrod, who could pop pretty soon, maybe. Uh, Trying to think who else. Jordan Perry in the month of July could maybe pop. And then I don't really know if he could or not, but John Pastore is a guy that I'd keep an eye on just just because number one i think that he's really good i think he's the one of the best offensive linemen that k-state's gone after uh since they took over as a staff and his offer sheet's kind of limited right now and it it comes out to does he want a spot now or does he want to wait and then the other guy that i'd probably watch out for maybe is uh quantavius gaskins who was also in manhattan last weekend in a <laughs> in an extremely busy recruiting weekend with a great nickname, Gumbo, right? Oh, yeah, Gumbo Gaskins. Great yeah. great nickname, funny kid, too. Yeah, we need, we need anyone named Gumbo. Okay, so a lot has been made, uh, you know, in the past year during the COVID year about, you know, K-State hurting more than most, not getting kids on visits. And, you know, it's all about getting kids to visit K-State. But the class they put together last year ended up being the highest rated since the Ron Prince days. And this year, even with the visits uh, opening, it seems like from the layman's eyes and even the rivals and 247 eyes, that they're reaching on a lot more guys and not winning any real battles, uh, which is something you and I have gone back and forth about in the DMs. Why do you think it is that, hey, they're able to get these visits and now they're still not able to get like a feather in your hat recruiting? This month, I just think it was... It was just a really weird month, and nobody really was looking to commit unless they really enjoyed the visit and had, like, no other options, or if it was a hometown kind of thing like Brandon Best was, or, I mean, that there were a few other ones where I, I, you just don't know, and there's so much that happens in recruiting that it's hard to know exactly what happens and why somebody doesn't commit when you think that they could which makes it extremely difficult sometimes because you have to like like about that bowser quote you don't know how often that gets said or anything else yeah for sure so i i think because i i share some of the frustration you know you see richard torres come in go to nebraska um, you know, you couldn't even get Nick Herzog to make the visit. Caden uh, Crawford, he he's around, but he's still with Iowa. So I I understand some of the frustration. And I again, I don't want to get the reputation of the show being all sunshines and you know lollipops because it isn't. Uh, so I, I guess I I just don't you know know if you have a perspective of okay you know what is or isn't happening on these visits uh, because again last year ended up being a great recruiting year without any visits at all yeah I, I honestly don't know what is different and like what's not happening that should or what needs to happen it 
it's just been a weird cycle, especially for these kids. And a lot of the kids that I thought K-State could wrap up have decided to take their time. And I, yeah, I don't really know why. Yeah, it is interesting, and you know, while it is your job, I think it, I think it's a little futile for anyone to try to 100% understand what 17-year-olds are thinking. So, Godspeed to you and Dy and Flanda trying to figure it out because I know I'd never be able to. So, let's get into some fun things that I did like hearing uh, from your guys's reporting. I thought this was awesome. So, you guys, like I said, have talked to a lot of these kids, and it seems like they're doing. Um, some interesting stuff. I think it was an Arkansas, uh, you know, like high school coverage. I don't know what the publication was. So I'm sorry for not giving them uh, the credit they deserve. But it sounds like Coach Messingham has been playing like nine holes of golf with some of these guys. And I think it was D.Y. who reported that Klanderman was ma- waking up at like four in the morning to go fishing with some guys who like to go fishing on some of these official visits. Um, is, th- is this something unique to K-State football? Or is this just really what like – football recruiting has turned into on these official visits. I think that's kind of what football recruiting is turning into. And it's something that I've kind of harped on the staff to get to know these kids, like what makes them tick and to do stuff like this. So like if a kid likes to go golfing, like why not take them out to Colbert, play nine holes. If some, if a kid likes to go fishing, why not take them out? Maybe not at 4am or 5am. Cause I, I don't know how Klanderman did that, <laughs> but take them out fishing like do stuff that they really like to do and it it's good to see from the outside that they've kind of taken all that and they know what makes these kids tick and to do that kind of stuff like I mean I want to go fishing with Joe Klanderman dude I want to go fishing with Joe Klanderman I really just want to get wings with Brian Anderson like that's my (laughs) dream that's like my dream is that dude He's so yeah. funny. Like if, if someone were to say to me, hey, Scott, like you could do like one quote unquote activity with any of these guys. It'd be like, I just want to eat wings and hang out with Brian. Anderson. So here's my question for you. Put yourselves in these kids shoes. You're a 17 year old. You're a high three star tight end. Um, you know, you, you'd have to grow a little bit yeah. to get there. And gain but, a lot of weight. Yes. Well, I, okay. I'm, I'm I, only like, I'm only like four, 170. Am I getting like four star punter? Four star punter? I, I don't know. Am I going on the Braden Lofton diet? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. But let, let's put yourselves in the, these shoes. What is like the one like non-football activity that you would be like, hey, coaches, do this with? Like, what what would be that extra step for for Drew? This is a good question. But that extra step for me would probably actually be going fishing. <laughs> that would be so fun. You would angle Just to hang out. Oh, yeah. We had a pond at our old house, and we'd go out every now and then. Or paintball. That actually might be the correct answer. Okay. Well, I, I, feel, like, I feel like they should do that. I think they've done that in the past, not with recruits, but as like a – Oh, they've gone as a team before yeah but but the one thing with that paintball like you, you get hit in the wrong spot then all of a sudden you're <laughs> liable for some stuff so i think maybe that has to be like a summer outing for the team i don't know if you need to be taking a recruit paintball and then a freak accent puts your eye out or something like that i think i think that ends up being bad laser tag wouldn't be bad either but like paintball would be so much fun <laughs> all right well I'll pass that on to Taylor Brad. I'll be like, hey, I think you need to take these recruits paintball. We'll see what he says. Um, so what are some things 
Well, this is, we only have a couple more recruiting questions. So give me the number one thing that in this cycle, K-State football is doing well and the number one thing they need to improve on coming down the stretch on this class. Uh, the number one thing that I think that they're doing really well, especially right now, is what I think we just hit on. It's that they're figuring out what makes these kids tick now on the visits and taking them on whatever they want to go on. Like, I, I'm not sure if going fishing was, like, in the docket before or not and if like the player brought it up but i like that they're doing something unique that's not just showing them around uh and then one thing that i think that they need to work on they and it's not even like a huge deal to me because i i see their side of it too is that sometimes they need to crunch and put on that squeeze for the visit and make a kid want to commit but I also understand where they're coming from and they want the kid to have a really good time and not pressure them because like everybody kind of harps on PJ Fleck because he pressures kids into committing and like they have a really methodical business-like approach. And I actually think that's why that they're, they've recruited transfers really well is that they're really business-like. They will tell you that K-State, Football isn't always going to be a fun, fun time, like making TikToks. It's going to be hard. And I think that they do that really well. And sometimes it doesn't work out and it could cost you a kid or two. But I think I'd rather have a kid knowing what he's getting into than not. So like it's a small nitpicky kind of thing. But I think that they could fix that a little bit. All right, and then the final recruiting question before we end with some fun ones. Who currently in the fold, so of the current commits, do you think will be the best college football player? And then if it's a different person, who do you think will be, who do you think currently in the fold will be the quickest to make an impact? Oh, best college football player, give me Toby Osunsami. Wait, and I'm not... say that one more, Osunsami. Okay, okay, all right. I'm still going to call him Tobio. I, oh, I, I'm not even sure if that's exactly correct. I mean, that's, a better, that's a better shot than I had. DUI and I have gone back and forth on Be Bequeath because we can't, we don't know how to say his name. Uh, I'm going with Bequeath until I hear different. So, all right. So you think Tobio will be the best one? Will he be the first to make an impact of the guys currently in the field? Uh, first guy to see the field, though, I think will be Colby McAllister. I just think that he fills a need at nickel. And with uh, Stubblefield set to graduate. You mean Reggie the Legend? Oh, King Stubby? Yes. Oh, yeah, Stubby the Legend, yeah. And then uh, with Sincere Mason may or may not come back. And then the only nickel that that really leaves you is TJ that's currently on the roster. And I think that uh, McAllister could come in and play at least four games as a true freshman. That's another kid that I think needs to be at least a 5'5". Five five. He has an that insane is, length. So Colby, like, in him being a nickel, that's, like, my greatest feat. I was the first one to say I think he's going to be a nickel. I don't even know what I'm looking at, so I just happen to be right. But everyone's penciling in there. I'm going to say this. Again, you know, I know nothing. You're the, you're the insider. You're the one who breaks down film. I think if he could get up for spring ball, he may play beyond the four games as a true freshman. I don't know if he's going to be able to graduate early, get up for the spring, but I think he has that sort of potential 
playing. I feel the same way, um, especially with looking at the depth chart right now. Um, I mean, he there is a possibility that he could graduate early. He did, or he does go to the same high school that Shane Porter did, and Shane Porter was able to get on campus early. Is Colby a TikToker? I don't think so. Okay, just figured I'd ask. All right, so we're going to wrap up with some fun ones. You're going to be making your first trip down to Big 12 Media Days. We had a blast in 2019. Sadly, right now, it doesn't look like we're going to be down there. Uh, but I need to ask you, what Wildcats do you have on your preseason all-conferences? Uh, I have the Seawolf, obviously, at fullback. Oh. Uh, and then at, I have Cooper Beebe at one of the offensive line spots because that, that really bugged me that Athlon Sports didn't have him on any of their, on any of their teams. Uh, Phillip Brooks at kick and punt returner. And then uh, I got kind of bold and went Julius Prince at defensive back. I love it. So you're not a PFF guy putting Deuce Vaughn on the preseason All Big Twelve list. Yeah, I, I, I ended up putting Brees Hall and Bijan Robinson in. Uh, it I, I, to me. I actually have Bijan as my offensive player of the year. I mean, that's okay. I, you shouldn't have put Brees Hall, but we'll, we'll forgive you. We'll forgive you. Um, do you want to see white, white helmets and white pants more or more or less? In, sorry. Wow, I'm stumbling over my own outline. Do you want to see more games wearing white helmets and white pants or more games wearing the silver helmets and silver pants? Oh, give me all whites every day of the week. So you want that to just become the default away jersey? That should be the default away uniform. Okay, and what I, about at home? Do you want to keep silvers at home or go whites at home? No more silver. I think we could do like every other game. Silver is, would be fine. But I want to see the purple jersey white pants. Yeah, I, I like that look as well. Okay, and then the final one. Um, ironically enough, I didn't know this when I wrote the outline, but uh, bet online dropped the line uh, for the Stanford game. Case they opened up as two point favorites. It's down to 1.5 just an hour later. So some big money already coming in on uh, Stanford driving the line down a little bit, but which game scares you more the opener versus Stanford or the final non-con game versus Nevada. Nevada scares me the most because Nevada either determines that case it goes undefeated in non-con or goes one and two. And so you're, you're saying we're, we're going to beat Sanford no no issues, 14-point win? I'm not sure about no issues, but I'm not very high on Sanford, and I'm really high on Nevada, and it would not shock me if Nevada is preseason top 25 maybe. Oh, maybe so you're top, a big believer in Phil Steele. Maybe top, them 30. top 20. He had them top 20. I, I think Nevada's really good, and I think that a lot of K-State fans from the outside look at that as, oh, it's just Nevada coming in, like, easy win. It's, it's not going to be an easy win. Uh, I, I believe their coach is Jay Norvell now. Yes, yep. But he, he's a very good coach and has really turned their program around, and they rolled in their bowl game last season for yeah. whatever that's worth. The I'm one game that I watched of Nevada from last year. 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm scared of Nevada. I, I I think we end up doing it, but but I'm scared of them. So that's all we had. As always, when we have a guest on, plug anything you're working on over at KSO and tell the Boneheads anything you'd like. Uh, just follow me on Twitter. It's uh, at Galloway underscore underscore Drew because every single version of my name was taken. Um, and then uh, subscribe to KSO. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your neighbors tell your enemies just any anybody really that well, should yeah, be our new line tell anybody not tell, <laughs> tell your <him>. friends because <laughs> everyone has already told their friends yeah so just tell anybody we'll make a billboard hey that that would be good that would be good so subscribe over at kso again drew is i i actually remembered you sending me some of those early recruiting articles i absolutely loved them you're great at what you do I'm proud that you're also a Washburn Roll guy, a Topeka cat like myself. Thank you for coming on. This won't be the last. You're gonna have to shoot me a DM so I can get you uh, get you some uh, koozies. Send me an address. We actually are gonna have some new koozies soon, so be on the lookout for that. We love you guys. Come to uh, Spotify Green Room Thursday. I'm not sure what we're gonna talk about yet because that's eight days away from when we're recruiting or we're recording this. But we're gonna have fun over there. We have fun every Thursday night. And check out KansasCitySteaks.com, promo code SD for 15% off and pretty sure things. Love you guys. Be nice to each other. And, hey, we're in July. We're getting even closer to football season. We come here from all sorts of ways. The reason we stay here is the same. From being taught here what's right to never back from a fight These hills, they run deep in our veins Traditions run deep in us all Even when most of y'all leave till fall Through the heat and the chill We got a tall order to fill to make this town the best that they ever saw So here's to all you wildcatters You flint rock road trashers You buck wild boys and girls of the plains To you bad blue stem bastards And walnut wall bashers So hoping that this town will never change Seems strange, but we're brought up this way, singing out to our colors and our stripes. And thanks to folks like you, we'll never give up the fight. Five hours for our boats take feel we're half drunk and cranked up ten from the first kickoff play up to fake padding day you can come and race some hell with me friend we might not get up till noon but we'll do more than burn them down after two Total Creek to the Bill, from the Gross to the Ville, 
Classes are through. Along with the life we're getting to, you can always come get all undone. Well, at the place where it all begun. Here's to all you wild catters, you flint rock road trashers. You buck wild boys and girls of the plains. To you bad blue stem bastards, you all-night ball bashers. To hoping that this town will never change. So here's to all you wildcatters, flint rock road trashers. You buck wild boys. Seems strange, but we were brought up this way, singing hell to our purple and our white. And thanks to folks like you, we'll never give up the fight. We'll never give. Podcast Network.